Hey everybody, just want to take the time to thank you for tuning in. We're going to have a good show for you today. It's going to be a very serious show about something near and dear to my heart. It's going to be about my relationship with my children and the toll that PTSD took on that and you know what I've done differently to try and make that better because after all that is what this is all about, trying to get better and trying to improve. So we just, again, as always, thank you guys for listening. It means the world to us. We hope you're enjoying the bonus episodes. We hope you're enjoying the full episodes. We just want to do our best you know to help you get through this quarantine little by little day by day you know what i mean if we can throw you some new content give you something to change up the monotony then we're happy to do that so we're going to go ahead and run an ad from our sponsor real quick and then the episode will get started so i hope you guys enjoy it talk soon Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. All right, my friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Put the Stress Down podcast. I am your host with the most, Moogstar One in the house, here to represent, here to have a good time. So, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for tuning in. If you're a returning member, well, welcome back, baby. It's good to see you. How have you guys been? How are you holding up amongst the midst of all this craziness? We are knocking on the door of lockdown version 2.0. Don't call it a comeback. So I hope you guys are doing your best to stay healthy and safe and do, you know, whatever little bit you can to reduce the spread or flatten the curve or whatever the hell they say and you know, get through this thing because as we go on, we're seeing it's beginning to take more and more of a toll financially, emotionally, and all across the board. So I hope you guys are hanging tough and, you know, staying in there and just staying in the fight because I know it's not easy. So we hope you've been enjoying all the episodes we've been coming out with. It's been an absolute joy to sit and talk with these men and women and they've been powerful conversations and we just look forward to more, to more of you sitting down and, and just talking with us you know and being and being open and honest and just knowing that you're safe knowing that this is a safe place that there's nobody here to judge you that we're just here to listen and we're just here to learn and understand each other and we believe that that will do a lot for someone you know what i mean for someone that has never been listened to or or someone that's never been able to express themselves on a platform where there's not opposition on the other side you know and we're just we're just trying to help everybody so thank you to those of you for taking the time to do that it means the world to us you have no idea for those of you that have yet to come we're excited to talk to you and if you're enjoying just these episodes then we thank you for listening to these too you know what i mean it's it's a it's a wide spectrum and maybe my episodes will resonate more with with veterans maybe not i don't know but you know, that's where a lot of the content will come from. And when I talk to the other people, then the content will come, you know, from different places. But ultimately, it's all about understanding and, and sharing a lot of different stories with you, many different angles, just so that you can understand, you know, that we're all going through it, that we're all not that different. And, you know, if we stick together, we're going to be all right. So thank you again for those of you that have come on. Thank you for those that have listening. And I'm sorry. I know you're like, all right, asshole. How many times are you going to say thank you? But I'm just a thankful man, you know, and I'm just very happy that to see that people are listening, people are, are, are learning, and hopefully people are getting touched. So today's episode is going to be, I don't know, you know what I mean? We're, we're going to try here. We're going to try to get through it with no tears. We're going to try to be, you know, Mr. Tough Guy, but... You know, ultimately, if some are going to come out, they're going to come out because today we're going to talk about 
my relationship with my children, you know, and the toll that the PTSD took on, on that relationship and how it's affected that relationship till now, you know, and I believe that I'm in my head more about it. And I think that I exaggerate certain things or create certain things that aren't true, you know, negative feelings, negative thoughts that my children may have towards me. But that is the result of the PTSD on top of years of abuse and, and being made to believe that I was no good, you know. So we'll talk about all that. We'll get into all that, you know, and hopefully you'll take something from this and you'll see that, you know, it can get better. You know, it can get better. But as always with anything, it's going to take a lot of work. You know what I mean? You have to challenge yourself and you have to be honest with yourself and know, hey, like, I have to do better than this. You know, I have to do better than this. And it's ultimately going to be your decision because I don't know you guys' personal life. I don't know you that deep. Do I know some of you on a personal level? Of course. But do I know any of you on that level? No, only you do. Only you know what you need. Only you know the steps that you need to take. So that's all I'm here to do is just here to tell my story and just hope that that will inspire you or maybe you'll hear something and say, hey, damn, you know what? That motherfucker's right. It's time to do something. So, you know, the biggest thing for me where it all started was, you know, I was deployed. So I found out that my son was going to be born right before I deployed, like right before I deployed. I was just another day, you know what I mean? It was about... I want to say two weeks probably or something before I was set to deploy on my first deployment, which that in itself is, you know, you're already, I forget, I was like 21, I want to say, and I'm trying to to deal with the gravity of the fact that like, hey, in three days, you're going to be in a foreign land, like shooting guns and blowing things up. So that's where I was. And then I got the phone call, like, I'll never forget it. I was at the ATM on the bank on base, just going to see how much money I didn't have in there. And uh, I got the phone call. And as most 21-year-olds would be, I was shocked. And I didn't really understand. I was like, okay. And then, you know, I deployed. And so I came back four days after my son was born. My son was born on August 11th. And our unit came back August 15th. So I wasn't even here to see him be born, even if I wanted to. Which, of course, I wanted to. But, you know, you have to understand that I didn't know how to be a human being at that point, let alone a father. You know, I was a killing machine. Nothing more, nothing less. That's what I'm here to do. Mission accomplishment, kill, kill, kill them all. Day in and day out. And now, I'm supposed to be this? What's a dad for, dad? Tell me why I'm here, dad. Whisper in my ear that I'm growing up to be a better man, dad. Everything is fine, dad. Proud that you are my dad. Cause I know I'm growing up to be a better man. Father, I will always be that same boy that stood by the sea and watched you. 
know, you hear this guy singing about his dad and how, man, he looks up to him and he's just everything he wants to be. And, you know, no matter what, no matter what, dad, no matter how old I get, I'm always going to be that little guy that looked up to you, that, that towered in your shadow. I love you so much. I respect you so much. All I want to do is be like you. Is that who I want to be now? Absolutely. Absolutely, that's the dad I want to be now. That's the dad I try to be now every single day. I try to be the best possible father for my children. But at that time, I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. Again, because you are going day in and day out. It's combat. It's life or death. It's losing friends. It's people losing limbs. It's this. It's that. And all of a sudden, it's, hey, now you're home. And by the way, you have a child now, a human being that you're responsible for. And I had no idea what to do. You know, I tried my best to make a marriage work that wasn't going to work, which ended up resulting in a ultimately divorcing and now having a blended family our son and daughter stay with us here and two of my sons stay with their mom and it is difficult isn't even the right word to describe what it's like it's closer to torture you know it's closer to torture not being able to just walk into the room right now, not being able to get up right now, walk in the house and say, hey guys, what are you doing? Just to go give them a hug, go give them a kiss, go see how their day went. Of course, I got FaceTime and phone calls and text messages and we game together and stuff like that. And all that stuff is great. It's amazing. Thank God for technology. But to not be able to go in there and give them a kiss and a hug and tell them good night. Just know that they're here. They're under my roof. They're safe. They're fed. They're clothed. They're warm. To not know that, to not know that I provided that today, it kills me. You know, it's it's torture. And you hear that song that I played and you know that's what a father needs to be, a protector, a provider, a leader, the strongest figure in the home. I kill the spiders. I take the trash out. I do all that. But I couldn't do that for them. Because I just wasn't able. I wasn't capable. I was desperate. I remember when they were little, dreaming, dreaming about them growing up and saying, oh, dad, and loving me and being able to walk and run up to me and hug me. Oh, it was all I wanted. And then when the time came, I was absent. You know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if having kids was cool. And I was so busy trying to fill the void in my own life, trying to feel something other than nothing filling that void with women drugs alcohol anything and everything except for what i needed 
which was the love of my children, the love of the people around me. But I didn't know. I didn't know how to do those things. I didn't know how to be those things. And I do now. And, and again, I'm not an expert at all, at all. But now it's like, man, to be a dad is like the greatest shit on earth. Like, I love it more than anything. I love my children. I mean, I, I live and breathe for them. I love seeing their successes. I, I die when they're sad. You know what I mean? I, I, die, I feel everything for them. But more often than not, a lot of the times I feel like a failure. And that's a hard thing for me. And I know I'm not. You know, I know I'm not a failure. I know what I do for them. But what I worry about is that they won't know what I do for them. And you know, ultimately everything worked out. And I'm a happy man. And I'm in a great, wonderful marriage. And we have a great life. And we've been able to give all of our children a better life, you know, than we've ever thought possible. But I tried to make a different marriage work. I tried hard, you know, I tried really, really hard. And, and I'm not here to throw dirt on nobody's name or to make myself out to be this angel because I'm not. But it was just a recipe that wasn't going to work. And for their sake, I tried, you know, I tried, I tried and I tried and I tried. And ultimately I was in a situation where I was being mistreated. And if I had stayed, I was either going to end up dead or in jail. 150%, 50, dealer's choice. One of those two was going to happen because I was with someone who didn't understand what I was going through, who I don't think understood what they were going through. And it just didn't work. And as much as it hurt me, I knew that they were seeing things that they shouldn't. I knew it was better for them in the long run for us to be apart. And it has been, you know, the proof is in the pudding. But that didn't come easy. And they don't know the whole story. They only know what they know as children because they haven't lived and experienced and dealt with these things that we have as adults. And it's not on me to say, hey, look at all this nasty stuff that happened. Look at all this that was done to me. It's not my job to do that. It's not my job to tarnish anybody's name to them that they look up to because that's not the man that I am. But when it's all said and done, I have to be the one that's okay ultimately being painted as the man who walked away. Well, you walked away from your family. You left them behind. You left them to struggle. Well, you went off and did whatever. And that's the brush that I was painted with. And that's the narrative that was fed to my children. And granted, was it true at that point in time? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was absent. 
I wasn't there. I was the guy that walked away. But is that who I am now? Is that who I was a few years later? No, because I made changes. But I'll never get credit for those changes. And again, my children only understand what they understand as children. And that's that, hey, dad's not here. Where is he? You know? I'm cold. I'm scared. Where is he? I just needed you to pick me up Like you did when we were younger When the lightning and the thunder Had me clinging to your heart For someone to lift me up When I'm dead, when I'm forgotten You'll forever be my father And I'll be saving tears in jars Lift them up, you know what I mean? To pick them up and shield them from the lightning and the thunder. You know, it's something I wasn't able to do. And it kills me. It eats away at me. You know, when I think about how they would call and I would ignore the phone call because I was with a girl or I was with friends and... I didn't know if that was cool to do when you were out with people, you know, putting other people in front of them because I didn't understand how it all worked. My wiring was all crossed, you know, and now where I'm just like desperate, like for them to call me anytime I hear from them, a text message, uh, anything. I mean, it makes my whole day. It's like turns me upside down and inside out with love that they thought about me and that they called me because I'm so desperate for it. And I had it, you know what I mean? I had it at that time, but I didn't know what to do with it. And I have to deal with that now. You know, that's another doubloon to throw in my bag of guilt. Because I I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to feel something. I was trying to feel anything, anything. And now, it's just, I'm so worried about it all the time. You know, and you play that song, and I got my little guy here. We got a toddler, you know what I mean? He's three years old and four years old, and, you know, he runs to me when he's scared. I can pick him up when he needs me. I can hold him close and hold him tight and let him know, hey, Dad's here. You're good. No one's going to hurt you. And I couldn't do that for them. And it eats away at me. It's just something that's very, very heavy. And it's something that I have to live with. But it's because of those times. It's because of my PTSD that doesn't allow me to regulate my emotions. That continues to this day to make me spiral out of control. When it comes to my children, when it comes to beating myself up and allowing myself to spiral and think that I'm an awful father 
because of the past and because of the abuse that I took in the past that I accepted and said, you're right, I am that piece of shit. I'll be that piece of shit. You know, all the years of that, on top of my own self-doubt, on top of someone to this very day who continues to say awful, vile things that are untrue. You know, all of that had me just gone and off my rocker. But now I'm here. You know what I mean? Now I'm here. And I can be that man. I can be that man that they need. I can be the man that they look up to. And I can be the man that they teach their children to be. Be the same as you You know what I mean I've always loved this song I always You know Wanted it to ring true And it just At the time Back then You know It it couldn't Because I couldn't I couldn't be true But now To hear it You know what I mean And play it And know that I'm doing the best I can And I'm doing my best To be an example For them And to teach them How to be good men You know And it's hard You know We live different lives And they live in one household, and that household is ran very different from this household. And, you know, things are different. But should I feel bad? Should I feel bad for giving them a better life, for getting to where I have, for showing them what to strive for? You know, again, we're not rich. We're not in the lap of luxury, but we have enough to cover our needs. You know what I mean? And it's come from hard work. It's come from determination. And it's come from, you know, years of sacrifice, all for them you know what i mean it's all for them but because of the ptsd and because of those years of abuse because my wiring has gotten all kinds of crossed you know i allow my guilt i allow that man from the past and the shit he deserved i convince myself that i deserve that too and i don't and you don't because i know there's a lot of you listening right now that do that same thing and we beat ourselves up and we make ourselves sick and we overthink things and we think oh this person is you know is not loving me is not respecting me doesn't care about me and then you know you make one phone call or one text and you realize oh my god they were never mad at me or whatever the case may be they love me all this time and you think about how much time you've wasted beating yourself up You know, it's time to stop doing that. It's time for us to stop doing that. And I say us because I'm the biggest offender. You know, I'm the biggest offender when it comes to beating yourself up. You know, my son's a teenager. He's 15 years old. And there's, like most teenagers, you text them. Sometimes you'll get a text back immediately. Sometimes it'll be two, three hours from now. You know what I mean? Because that's just how teenagers are. But because it's me And because my emotions are so open and so raw and so tender because I've only just recently rediscovered them after being bottled up so long, 
if I don't get that reply instantly, my mind goes to a dark place very fast. And, oh, my God, he's ignoring me. Oh, my God, he doesn't want to talk to me. What did I do to him? Why isn't he answering me? Should I text him again? Should I try to call? Or if I call and he doesn't answer, it's going to make me very sad. So what should I do? And now I'm in this internal struggle and I'm going crazy and I'm spiraling because I don't know how to control myself. And then the phone will go off. Poop. Oh, hey, Pop, sorry, I was in the shower, whatever the case. Oh, okay, all good, you know. And it's all good. And I just spent an hour, two hours making myself sick because of who I was in the past. Not because of what my kids have made me feel, because they treat me like a king, man. They make me feel fucking awesome all the time. But I get into my own head. I allowed someone for years to get into my head and to beat me down and to convince me that I was no good because they were no good. And if you're in that spot right now, you got to get out. I'm telling you, you got to get out. Is it easy? No. Is it easy to know that there's X amount of people in this world that till the day you die are going to believe that you are a piece of shit, that you are an absent dad, that you are this and that you are that. Is it easy? No, because I like people and I want people to like me. Why? I don't know. Just feels good, I guess. But I know that there's a lot of people that don't. Why? Because they're told a fake story about me. But oh well. You know what I mean? Oh well, you guys. Oh fucking well. You know, I go crazy, like I said, with, with the things with when my son, when I don't hear from him or whatever, these, these little ideas get into my head and they turn into these crazy, crazy things. I go crazy thinking about what I can't control. Like I said, not knowing, you know, or what time are they going to bed? What is this? How's this going? Where are they going to be here? Where are they going to be there? Like, there's so much that I can't control. So much. And if I focused on that day in and day out, when would, when would I focus on what I can control? You know, if I focus on that all day, every day, it's going to make me physically ill. So, that being said, what can I focus on? I can control who I am and what legacy I leave behind. I can teach them to be good men. I can teach them to be respectful, to have integrity, to have discipline, to work harder than anybody else in the room. I can teach them that, how to be good men. I know that I've taken strides. I know that I'm getting better. I know that I'm not perfect, most importantly. But I know that I'm trying. I know that I've gotten better. And no matter who wants to come against me and say I haven't, no matter who wants to tarnish my name, I know what I've done. I know what I do every day. I'll never forget the past. I'll never forget it. But I can work on the future. And I can decide how the future is going to go. And it's not going to go how somebody says it's going to go. My life is not going to be dictated by somebody who thinks they know anything. I'm going to be the man that I need to be. 
so that they can be the men that they need to be. And I cannot and you cannot continue to beat yourself up for the past, for the mistakes you made, the shortcomings you made. Does it kill me to know that I missed out on on some critical years? Yeah, it does, of course. There's not a day that goes by that I wish I could go back and, and do more. But I can't. I can wish all day long, but it ain't never going to happen. So what I do have to do now is focus on the future and hope that as my children grow, they'll understand. You know, They'll understand why things happened the way they happened and hopefully they'll understand you know, that it was for the best. And I say that as an adult man who, growing up, I felt some type of way towards my mom and dad, towards both of them for not being able to make it work and, you know, not understanding as a child, as an adolescent, you know, why can't you guys just be together? That's just what I want. Well, I lived and I experienced and I understand now and I don't hold anything, and I mean that, against my mother or my father. I love them both to death. I thank them both for everything that they've done because they did the best they could and they did a damn good job. They just couldn't do it together. But, you know, regardless of the situation and whatever the case may be with my children, I'm going to work on that relationship with them. They're going to have their own relationship with their mother and that's awesome. And I always want to encourage that. I never want to tarnish her name to them. It's not who I am. I take no joy in that. I don't need to do that because I'm not an angry person anymore. Did I do that? Yes. Did I make mistakes and and say, hey, guys, look at this. Hey, wake up, look and see this. Sure, I did that. You know, I did that. But that was a mistake. You know, that was a long time ago. And that's not who I am no more. And I'm proud to say that I've changed. I'm proud to to look at myself in the mirror and know like, hey, you know, you're doing the right thing. And at the same time, you know, I'm helping to raise a little girl and she's amazing and sweet and I cannot withhold any of myself. I can't. You know, I need to love her as equally as I love the others. And I need to be a little bit more gentle because she is a female and, you know, I, I... need her to know that she's safe here. You know, I need to keep my PTSD under control because I don't want her thinking that yelling and smashing things is okay. I don't want her seeing me yell at her mom and saying, well, that's just okay. That's just how things are sometimes. They're not like that sometimes. Are they? Maybe. Should they be? No. So I'm going to do my best to put a lid on that. Because I don't need to expose her to any additional trauma. None of the children. They've seen enough. And she has a great father. You know what I mean? He's awesome. He's very present. He does a lot for her. They have a great relationship. I love it. You know what I mean? Because as someone in a a similar situation where I don't get to see my kids all the time, I feel for him. So you know what I mean? It's it's awesome to see the way they connect and to see the bond they have in the relationship. And look, I just get to be a bonus dad. You know what I mean? And that's where it's at. We have a great bond and there's just a mutual respect and we understand each other's positions and we get along great. And my mission on this planet is just to protect her from all costs from this crazy ass world. 
and there's so much in this world for her to worry about, I don't want to have to be one of those things. You know what I mean? I just want to be her safety, her protector. I'm here when she needs me, and, and she knows that. And 10 years ago, it's not happening. You know, 10 years ago, no one's getting loved. No one's getting, I'm not thinking about that. I'm not. 10 years ago, I'm getting my wife to fall in love with me, getting our daughter to fall in love with me, and then I'll break out. Why? Because I already did what I needed to do. I got you to love me. I convinced you I loved you, and then I was done with it. What's next? This is what people do, right? That's where I was, you know? That's where I was because of day in and day out running from death. You know, burying down feelings, burying them deep, deep down. You know, and because of that, now my emotions went untapped for so long that now it's like an overflow. So now it's like it's either one extreme or the other, you know, nothing or everything. And so sometimes I do have problems dealing with that. And there are incidents where, you know, something will happen with my kids or or something and it, it snaps me, you know what I mean? It breaks me and I'm not in a good place at all. And I go cuckoo. I mean, that's just the way that it is. I'm telling you really heavy, serious stuff. You guys, you know what I mean? I, I lose it because the thought of, you know, my son not loving me or my son not knowing how much I do for them and how much I'm trying to give them a better life, you know, or the thought that someone is telling them otherwise, it makes me sick, you know, because I've done so much to end that narrative, you know what I mean? But ultimately, I have to stop thinking about what people said, stop thinking about what people may try to say. It doesn't matter. All I care about is my relationship with my son, what I show him, how I am with him, how I respect him, how I listen to him, how I teach him to be a good man, to be respectful, to work hard, to be a father, to be that role model. You know? And because of the PTSD, because of years of abuse, sometimes it's hard to feel good. It's hard to feel like I'm worthy of that respect. It's hard to feel like I deserve it. And the PTSD has affected my wiring to where I can't hold on to good moments long enough. And I'm constantly anxious and afraid that I'm not doing enough, that I'm not being enough. I'm not being a good enough father. I'm not... What did I do today for them? Why did I get this today? Why did I get a new shirt and they didn't get one? Like, you know what I mean? Just silly, silly things that I know I'm not doing anything. I know I'm not living in the lap of luxury, you know, but the thought, the little tiniest idea that my children would think that I'm living better than them or that I'm eating more, you know, glorious foods than them, you know, it's just not true, but that thought, that little seed that's been planted, it screams in the back of my mind, you know what I mean? Because, again, because of years of me allowing myself to be beaten down, 
You know what I mean? To just accept it, to say, hey, well, that's what it is because I didn't care about myself. Because the PTSD was in the driver's seat and, you know, I felt like, go ahead, talk all your shit. I'm, I'm impenetrable. I don't care. But then as you start to regain some of those emotions and some of those feelings, you know, words start to hurt a lot more, especially when you're trying to do better. And so it gets hard. It gets hard to feel good. It gets hard to feel like, you know, I'm good. I'm a good dad. But then I'll get a Father's Day card, you know, or my son will shout me out on IG for my birthday or Father's Day and he'll just write a little blurb about how much he loves me and respects me and, hey, thank you for providing for the family. You know, you, I love you so much. And it knocks me off my feet you know what i mean it, it melts me because all i'm worried about is do they know you know how hard i work for them do they understand how much i love them how much i need them and then i'll get something like that and it's just like such a weight off my shoulders tears in my eyes like i feel so good and then five minutes later you know i'm worried that they're not having enough fun at my house that you know, what, did did they eat enough? Do they want, what do they want? What can I do for them? What can I do to let them know how much I love them, how much they mean to me? Because for me, it, I don't need to do anything. Like just having them here, sitting on the couch next to me, on their iPad or iPhone, whatever, heaven, doggy, that's heaven to me. Just to be with them under the same roof, I don't need to do nothing. But I just always fear like, you know, maybe they're going to be bored here or they don't... I'm not enough for them, so I need to find something to do. But I know that's not true. You know what I mean? I know it's not. And he's sitting now in this moment, I can tell you that. But when it comes to the actual moments and they're here and I have the tiniest inkling that they're bored, I start to panic and the anxiety kicks in. You know what I mean? And I start to feel like, well, what am I doing? What, what can I do here? What's, are they okay? And I spend hours just anxious and nervous that maybe I should be doing something more. I don't know. Maybe I, and I take them home and I think maybe I, I didn't do enough this weekend. I, they might not understand how much I love them because I didn't do enough this weekend. And let me tell you, if you think you know pain... Drop your kids off somewhere and drive away and come back and get them two weeks later. You know, we see the boys every other weekend and, it, and it's amazing. And, and I thank the good, sweet Lord that, that I have that luxury because for a long time I couldn't. But it's the longest two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, the longest two weeks of my life every single time. Driving them home, dropping them off on Sunday night is the least favorite trip to take. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. But, you know, again, I can't think about what's going on and what I can't control during those two weeks. You know, because no matter what, I can't change it. I can't. You know, I can't have an effect on it. 
But what I can do when they're with me is love them, is express to them how proud I am. Let them know how much they mean to me constantly, and I don't care if they get tired of it. I'm never going to stop telling them how proud I am of them, how much I love them. And you think about, you know, it's self-imposed. Like I said, a lot of the the things that I feel are self-imposed. A lot of the weight that I carry, the guilt, you know, is self-imposed. But when you look at what's out there, you know, you realize like, man, you know, I'm not as bad as I think. You know, and you watch a lot of these shows like Intervention and things like that and it's, shot out people, you know, drug addicts or, or whatever the case may be. And 99% of the time, oh, you know, my father left when I was little. My father passed when I was little. My father did this. My father did that or my mother did this. And, you know, just horrible, terrible situations where fathers have abandoned or mistreated, you know, their children. And, and not only in the past, but they continue to cause trauma and they've thrown it all away for their vice, you know what I mean, for whatever whatever they had, you know, was more important to them than their children. And that's not me. You know, I walked away. I put the bottle down 10 years ago. Because if you put that alcohol against my kids, fuck that alcohol. That's not even a question. Dump that shit. Get rid of it. Dump it. I don't care if I have 10 cases in my freezer. Dump it all out. Because I'm not going to risk my life. I'm not going to get behind the wheel drunk and roll the dice on my kid's future because I can't go a day without it. I don't fucking think so. I'd rather walk away from that if it means holding my kids. And that's what I did. And I don't know what your vice is. I don't know what your situation is. But I know you've got one. I know if you're listening to this, you've got one. So what is it doing to you? Is it helping you? Is it something like, oh, it's just like me, you know, I, I drink soda. That's my that's my vice. You know what I mean? Is it it's bad for me, so I try not to drink too much, but yeah, sometimes I overindulge. But who knows that besides me? My wife don't regulate how much soda I drink. My mother-in-law is not counting the sodas I drink. I know how much soda I drink. I know whether, hey, I'm gaining weight with this shit. It's weighing me down. It's making me fat. Or, hey, I just had one or two this weekend and I had a bunch of water. So, you know, I'm not feeling too bad. You know, you have to be real. You have to be real and understand what's around you, what's affecting you. What do you need to do to feel better, to get better? You know, when you hear, again, just about these awful fathers, awful fathers who not only abandon their children, but they actually do worse by sticking around. And I've watched this movie on Hulu, and I encourage you all to watch it if you can. It's called The Wolf Pack. And it's about these six brothers um, varying in age from, I don't know, from like 7 to like 21 or something, something like that. But their father kept them inside and he locked them in the, a New York apartment 
basically convinced them that going outside was evil and they couldn't be around bad people and, you know, manipulated uh, their mother and, and just kept them all locked up in this New York apartment until I believe one of the older ones was like 14. He finally said, hey, enough's enough. And he waited till his dad left one day and he snuck out. And he was so afraid. You see, the what they did was, because they weren't allowed to really go out, they watched movies. They loved movies. So they like write, they'll take the Dark Knight and they'll write the whole script word for word. And then they'll each play a role. They'll make costumes and they'll basically recreate entire films because that's their only escape. That's the only thing that brings them joy because of what their father kept them from you know those experiences and those social things that make us who we are you know the things that man did to them that they don't talk about they breeze over it but you can see hurt and pain in their eyes and to lose the respect of my son like that Knowingly, you know, I couldn't do it. The relationship between Oscar and his sons is irreversibly damaged. Only one brother now speaks to him. The others, like Naranya, are desperately saving money to find a way to move out. I have no interaction with him at all. As far as I'm concerned, he's dead. I'm trying to move out because living under the same roof just haunts me. And you hear that and you think, damn, like living under the same roof as my father haunts me. You know, and that's where I need to know and I need to take pride and know, look, that's not you, man. You may not be perfect. You may have made mistakes along the way a ton. You will continue to make mistakes. But you are not a piece of shit. You are a good father. You give everything to those kids. Everything that I have is for those kids. You know, this dad kept his kids inside the house. Again, I encourage you to watch it. It's a fascinating documentary. It's sad to watch because you can just see the hurt in all of these kids' eyes. These poor, innocent boys you know, who, who had no choice, you know, who were, were just held under the thumb of their father and, you know, to hear and see the disdain that they have for him, you know, I understand it because he took so much from them. So when the one kid got out because all he knew was movies and he was so afraid to get caught by his father he put on a Michael Myers mask and went out in town. And naturally, the police got called. And because he didn't know how to be social and talk to people, they took him to an insane asylum. And you'll hear him tell that story in the movie, and he'll say, you know, it was actually pretty cool. Because it was the first time I got to interact with people and talk with people. 
And you just think about, like, how sick is that? You know, that this poor child, his first experience with people, you know, was in arrest and then going into a loony bin. All because of what your father did. But eventually he came home. Since that day, I said I refuse to talk to you. I refuse to take your orders. We're no longer father and son anymore. I'm sorry, it brings a lot of emotion just thinking about it back then. I'm not going to cry. And you hear that, man, and you watch it, and you just think you know, about this poor, poor kid and you can hear the emotion in his voice and you can hear that he wants to break down but he won't. You know, and it's, is it because he doesn't know how? Is it because he doesn't want to give his dad satisfaction? Whatever the case may be, it's tough to watch because you can see him really fighting back the tears and you just think, you know, he's one of these six boys that all went through this, you know, and they're all trying to get away. And so when I think about myself, you know, and I think about men like that, you know, I know that I'm not doing so bad. I think about that man and how much time and experience he took from those boys, and it angers me. The look in the in their eyes... Each of them, as you t- as they talk to them, is just heartbreaking, and you can just see that there's so much pain, you know, that he willingly caused. And I never, to this day, would ever or have ever willingly tried to hurt my children or or be a, an absent father. But you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to be. And I didn't have help at that time. You know, I had someone that was adding fuel to the fire. And th- and it's nobody's fault. You know what I mean? I'm not here to blame nobody. I'm just here to say that's what it was. You know, and for a long time I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to love my own children. I didn't know how to feel what I feel now when I hug my children and, and speak to my children and the pride I feel every single second for each of them because they're all amazing. And that man, that awful man that that did that to his boys and and other men and women that, you know, hurt children and, you know, that's not me. You know, I've changed. I was never somebody that wanted to hurt them, you know, but I was someone that was inadvertently hurting them because I was hurting myself. And if I hadn't dealt with that, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here in this position to try and do better. I would be long gone. Whether it's behind bars or six feet under, I don't know. But I know that I'm not either one of those things right now. I'm here. And I'm going to be here as long as I can. I'm going to take every step that I can to live as long as I can, to protect them as long as I can to provide for them as long as I can because they are my entire world.
But I wouldn't have gotten here, you guys, if I didn't open up. If I didn't take that leap and say, hey, something is wrong here. I need help. I wouldn't be here. You have to open up. You have to talk to somebody. Somebody close. Talk to them. I guarantee you, you will not be the same afterward. And look, if you, if you take two hours and you just cry before you can even get a word out, then that's what you fucking do. That's what you do. You let it out. Because you've been holding it for too long. You gotta let it out. You gotta let go of the past in order to build a future. You want to keep carrying the past? That's up to you. I can't. It's too heavy. It's far too heavy. And I don't want to do it no more. You know, that being said, each day is a struggle. Each day I have to remind myself that I'm good enough. Remind myself that I'm a good father. Remind myself that all this work I'm putting in every single day, I'm putting in. You know, there's nobody, I'm not tagging nobody in to do my shit for me. I'm doing it. And I'm doing it for them. And I'm constantly trying to be better for them. You know, you got to open up. There's people that will listen to you. You call somebody and you burst into tears, I guarantee you. You're not going to get somebody that's like, ah, you know what, I'm doing something right now. Give me like an hour. You know what I mean? You're going to get somebody that says, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? Do you need me? I'll be there right now. Do you need me to come? I'll come. Is a phone call cool? FaceTime's cool? Okay, but if you need me there, I'm there. You'll find that. You will find that. There are people that will do that for you. I know you don't believe it. I know us as human beings, we don't want to put nobody out. Well, I don't want to bother you. I know you're married or I know you're this or I know you're that. You know, I don't want to bother you and I know you're my boy and everything, but, you know, I know you're with your wife and I don't want to bother you guys, you know. Of course, there's always that respect. But if you're hurting and you know that there's someone that will listen to you, you have to have that conversation. And it'll be worth it. I promise you. We have to love ourselves. We have to remind ourselves that nothing we went through was our fault. And I'll say that again. Nothing you went through was your fault. Whether it was abuse, whether it was negativity, just bouts of hate, you know, violence against you. None of that was your fault. None of us deserved that. None of us deserved the pain. None of us deserved to be treated that way. It's not your fault. And it's never too late to make a change. You need to take your life back because life is fucking precious. And you know what you need to change. People, your environment, you know, what is it? Be real. You know, cut the bullshit. Cut the bullshit. What do you need to do to get better? Or are you going to stay the same? Just like health, just like exercise, mental health, you have to work on it. You have to sharpen it daily if you want it to get better. And it will. I'm no expert, you guys. 
we here at Extended Family, we are no experts in the game of life. But we all pitch in. We all help each other. Because it's the only way to make it. I love you guys so, so much. Thank you for another episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I miss you guys. I can't wait till this thing is over so I can get out there and give you guys all some hugs. But in the meantime, please continue to listen to this show. And I just cannot thank you enough for the support and for everything that you guys have done for us. It really does mean the world to us. Love you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you guys again for tuning in. It really does mean the world to us. Make sure and check us out on Instagram at Put the Stress Down Podcast. Go ahead and check us out on Twitter at PTSD Pod. Have a great one. Does it tell you that?